Hey, you guys. Uh, so uh, my name is uh, Shane Malden, and this is my wife, Alyssa. And uh, and uh, just want to paint kind of a picture for you guys. Uh, if you rewind about 12 years ago, uh, Alyssa and I found ourselves in uh, John McGee's office with another staff member. And uh, if you're here for the first time, John McGee is the director of marriage ministry, and he's usually here uh, to, you know, Wednesday nights, but, uh, we, uh, we found ourselves in his office and we basically were at a place where, uh, I was done. I was, uh, in a, I was angry and I told him, I said, I'm finished. I'm done. There's no point in me even being here, uh, because I'm ready to get out of this. And, um, and so tonight we want to kind of talk about, you know, how we got, uh, to that place, and then how we got from that place to where we are now. We've been married 19 years, uh, and we have uh, three boys and one girl, and I think there's a picture, and there they are. So there's uh, Turner is 10 on the end over there, and next to him is our little girl, Catlin, who's two, and she's little, but she's really loud. Um, and then we've got Ezra next to her, and then our youngest boy, uh, Atticus, uh, there on the end. And so uh, when I sat in that office, in John's office, uh, 12 years ago, uh, we didn't have any children at the time, and, and that picture uh, was probably the furthest thing from my mind and the idea that we would be, uh, you know, seven years further down the road uh, and, and where we are now. So uh, we, uh, we met in college. Uh, we dated for a couple of years, and then we were engaged uh, a year after that, and um, while we were engaged, uh, a significant event happened in my life. Uh, my dad was a, uh, a veteran uh, law enforcement officer. He was a deputy sheriff working in Arizona. And, um, and he was uh, shot uh, going into a house to arrest a felon. He was shot in the head. Uh, miraculously, he survived that. Uh, but he, of course, was never the same. Uh, and he had to live in a, an assisted living facility in California, uh, for, and he lived for about nine years after that. So uh, that was the beginning of some really significant changes uh, for me. Um, and so... Okay. I'll switch to this one for now, if that's okay. Um, so we had that traumatic event happen... The, after about a year of dating. So our first years of marriage, though, were pretty smooth. Um, we didn't have a lot of conflict. We also didn't have oneness, but we didn't even realize what that was or realize that we were missing it. Um, so we did have some foundational issues that would prove to cause a lot of trouble for us um, in our marriage, but we were kind of oblivious to them at that point. Uh, both Shane and I are children of divorce, and so we really did not have um, a good picture of what uh, biblical marriage or just marriage in general should look like. Um, we didn't have a role model in that. Um, and then because of the divorce in my family, I never separated from my mom and my sisters and prioritized Shane. So I, I kind of continued to stay very connected to them, and they were my family, and then Shane was kind of an add-on um, for me. And that would prove to be very detrimental. Um, and Shane and I were both believers. We both trusted in Christ when we were teenagers. But we were not connected to any local church um, or body of Christ. We visited a lot of churches during the first several years of our marriage. But we never joined and never 
we would just show up um, to different churches. And so, um, and then finally, we were just pretty much living for ourselves. We, even though we, um, you know, said we were Christ followers and we believed all the right things, um, really we were both just living pretty selfishly. Um, and that also proved to be a problem. Uh, so for me, uh, when my dad got hurt, um, my reaction to that was pretty much to run away and withdraw from that. And so while he was living in California, still, you know, still doing okay, you know, he, he was different. Uh, had to live in that assisted living facility, and, but I just really didn't have anything to do with him. I wasn't involved with him, uh, and I didn't deal with the pain of, of what had happened to him. Um, and so around year four... Uh, really deep depression began to set in, uh, set in for me, uh, and I began acting out. Uh, I had you know, terrible outbursts of anger and rage uh, to the point where I eventually started taking medication because of that. Um, really, the, the deepest problem that I had, though, was, was uh, my spiritual need. And um, even though I was a believer, I had not been, uh, leading up to this, I had not been uh, really pursuing Christ faithfully, uh, and I had not been abiding in Christ. And so in my pain, rather than turning to Christ, which is what I should have done with that, uh, I began to seek um, fulfillment in other things like uh, relationships at work, uh, emotional relationships, um, and, and um, what I should have realized was that, you know, in John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, um, the thief has come to steal and to kill and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Uh, and I was seeking life and other things, things that would um, heal the pain that I had. And, of course, they didn't heal the pain that I had. They just made things worse. Um, so uh, I found fulfillment in flirting with women at work. I was a teacher. I was around women all the time. Uh, and I just began to find identity in that. Uh, and um, And so... It was just contributing to the problems that Alyssa and I were having. And so for me, during this time period, I think the um, verse that would describe me during that time is Proverbs 14.1. The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears her down. And so the actions that I took during that time would prove to, to tear mine down, although I didn't really think of that at the time. So as Shane was getting more into his depression and having anger outbursts and rage, and um, not that they were directed at me necessarily, but just um, he was very difficult to be around. He was a very unhappy person, and I um, decided I like to be around happy people, and I wasn't, um, I was just going to focus on myself and how to make myself happy. And so we kind of just really started leading more separate lives. Um, I was working, but then I also went back to school and got my master's um, and got promoted at work. So I was really focused on my career um, and working a lot. I was still very focused on my family and spending a lot of time with them um, because that's what made me happy. And I also started... um, just doing things for myself, like jogging and playing soccer and just things that really took me away from Shane in the evenings. Um, and that was not a, a healthy pattern for our marriage. Um, and so, and I just wasn't prioritizing Shane. I wasn't taking care of him or being, I should have drawn near to him during this time um, and tried to, you know, help us get help. And I didn't. And so, 
Um, a couple of examples of how I didn't really prioritize Shane. You know, one day he was sick at work and he needed me to come pick him up, but I didn't feel like I could leave work. And so a female coworker drove, drove him home, which um, wasn't great. And then one time his car broke down and again, I didn't want to leave work. So I got my sister to pick him up. So I think these things just contributed to his feelings of isolation and loneliness. And we kind of just started having this dysfunctional dynamic, kind of a parent-child dynamic, where I kind of felt like I was the responsible one. And um, he was kind of the kid or the teenage boy, you know, just out to have fun and spend money and that kind of thing. And I was trying to rein it in. And that wasn't healthy. And then um, I think my biggest problem was that I was waiting for Shane to change because I truly viewed the problem as that he was the problem. And so I was very prideful in that. I didn't see anything wrong with the way I was acting. I thought I had it all together. And, and, um, and so I just knew that once he changed and got his issues figured out, then, then our marriage would be a good one. And so um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And looking back on this time in my life, I can really, you know, realize that um, I wasn't trusting in the Lord, and I wasn't leaning on his understanding. I was leaning on my understanding, and my path was getting very crooked. And um, it wasn't until later when I really began to pursue and follow Christ that uh, he began to straighten my path out. Uh, In 2002, my dad passed away. Um, The injuries that he had uh, received in that incident uh, years earlier, finally caught up with them. Uh, So, of course, that was a very difficult time. But about a year later, in the fall of 2003, the anniversary of his death, that anniversary, as it often does, hit me really hard. Uh, And so with that happening and, uh, you know, we were... I was feeling unhappy at home. I was spending more and more time with friends at work who were all women. Um, uh, and I was feeling isolated from Alyssa. We didn't have community around us. Uh, I was isolated. Um, and so I had really developed just a hard heart uh, towards Alyssa, towards God. And uh, it was at that time that we had a big discussion. I basically said, I'm done. Um, and we met with Mandy and John and... Uh, you know, and then I basically decided to move out, and um, I real I thought I've got my own life anyway, so I might as well just leave and and be happy. and And I kind of bought this lie that if I just could get rid of her and get over here and do what I wanted to do, then I would be happy and everything would be good. And so I really kind of deceived myself uh, into thinking that I was, for once, I was taking care of myself. You know, and I'm gonna get out from under her thumb and. You know, I hear you hear on TV and in the media all the time about you know the heart wants what the heart wants, and you know people can you know find any any way to justify what they're doing because that's what the heart wants, and uh, you know. But the Bible says in Jeremiah seventeen nine, and I love the New Living Translation. It says the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? And so. I should have been uh, looking to God's word, but instead I was just listening to what I wanted to do. So when Shane told me that he was done with the marriage and he was um, leaving and, and that divorce all of a sudden was an option to him, 
I was just devastated and just broken. I felt like my whole world had kind of collapsed. This was my worst nightmare coming true, especially um, having gone through um, my dad leaving my mom when I was a child. And so it was just very, um, very devastating to me. And and I just couldn't believe we were in that place. Um, and it was at that point that I stopped being a lukewarm Christian, and I decided that um, that maybe it was time to really surrender to God. And um, I will say he met me in my pain, and um, I learned through this that, you know, my hope is in him. And I decided that um, to really get serious about following Christ if I was going to say that I was a Christian— and so, um, just out of desperation, I, for once in my life, became dependent on, on God. And I um, read the Bible like never before. I had verses um, on index cards at work that I would just read because I needed his word just to sustain me and to get me through the day. Um, just praying constantly, um, I finally decided to obey him um, by joining a women's Bible study and, and um, learning his word and um, finally getting baptized and publicly proclaiming my faith and, and joining the church here at Watermark and, and just joining the body of Christ um, in what God was doing. And I was determined I did not want to go back to how I was. And so on the day when Shane moved out, a verse that I read was Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. And it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. And so I didn't read that and think, oh, God's telling me that our marriage is going to come back together and Shane's going to come back and we'll be fine. But I read that just thinking, even if our marriage doesn't come back together the way I want it to, God is doing a new thing in, in my heart and in my walk with him. And so thankfully during this time, um, I had a lot of wise counsel from a staff person, Mandy, um, who here at Watermark, and she would meet with me, and she just counseled me um, to love Shane regardless of his response to me because he was being really hard-hearted and really, um, you know, just like, I'm done. I'm not taking you back. This is over. And so she just encouraged me to be a friend to him, to view him with compassion and to see that he was going through a really hard time. So to be a friend and a wife to him. And so and can you put the picture of our kids back up there again? Sorry, I'm springing that on you. They're all scrambling around. Um, so, you know, I just want to say for me, Mandy Bagdanoff, at the time it was Mandy Files, um, she really is a hero, a hero of mine, because while Alyssa had other friends telling her, man, you should, man, ditch him, you know, he's a loser, you need to get rid of him, and, and Mandy was giving her biblical counsel, and I love when we see Mandy and, and her husband around here at Watermark, and I love to just kind of parade my kids in front of her, because, you know, I just want her to know that that is uh, fruit of her faithfulness, you know, that she was speaking truth when other people were telling Alyssa to get rid of me, and she was telling Alyssa to love me, and it made a huge difference. And she is a, she's a warrior for Christ and a dear sister, and she's my hero. <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, it was, it was really important at that point to, for me to be really careful about who I was listening to because kind of the world's advice um, was to change the locks, get Shane's name off the bank account so that my money was safe, um, 
and that not to, you know, divorce really wasn't that big of a deal because we didn't have kids yet. So it's kind of like you can kind of have a do-over. And so um, on the other hand, Mandy was giving me wise counsel that, um, you know, of course, marriage is important to God, regardless of whether there are kids involved or not. And she told me to make it easy for Shane to come back, that it was going to be difficult for him to come back. And so to make it easy for him. And so um, that was hard to do. I was really hurt. I was really angry. And so I wanted just to be very angry when we talked or when he called. Um, but instead, I, I took her advice. And so making it easy for him to come back looked like um, me sending him little cards and notes just to let him know I was praying for him, that I knew he was going through a hard time, use a loving tone when he called me. Um, and then we, when he was still in the house before he moved out, especially, you know, she would try to help me think of kind of acts of kindness that I could um, do for him. And so um, and I guess this was actually after you moved out because you came back to mow the yard. And so we kind of were like, well, you could, you know, bring out some some cold water for him to drink while he's mowing the yard because it was still hot. And um, so I got the ice water ready. I put it in the fridge. It was ready to go. He was mowing the yard. I went out there, brought him the ice water, which this was something I'd never really done before. And and he took a drink of it. And he's like, this is too cold. It hurts my teeth. And um, just complained about the cold water that I so lovingly brought out to him. But I just smiled. I said, I'm sorry. I'll leave it on the counter next time instead of in the fridge. And so anyway, just the point is that, you know, regardless of his response, she encouraged me to continue to be kind. Um, and then also, uh, as far as being a friend to him, just like listening to his problems and his issues with me without talking about my own hurts and needs, which I had a lot of them. But he would just, um, I tried to be more uh, more of a listener than a talker. And just, I trusted that God would provide the right time for my needs and my hurts to be addressed. And, and God was faithful in that. Um, he also, I think I had been very hard-hearted toward Shane's grief about his dad. I didn't understand it. And um, I think my grief in this, our marriage falling apart really helped me to see the hurt that he was carrying around about his dad. So I was able to apologize to him and ask for his forgiveness for not understanding that more and understanding the pain that he was in. And then just seeing my part in the whole marriage, it was easy to see Shane as the bad guy because he was the one who moved out. But to see that I had left him in a lot of little ways a long time before he left me in that big way. And so it was a slow process, but recognizing that I was responsible for what I had done. And, um, and I will say this was not, I was not perfect in all of this. Um, you know, there were times when I did not respond the way I should have to him, but through the, you know, God's grace and just that biblical wisdom that was being poured into me, I was most of the time able to be loving and kind to him when my flesh really did not want to, to be that way. Um, so I would just say this was really a painful time for me, but I look back at that now and see it as a really sweet time of just trusting God and seeing his hand at work in our lives and just having God's encouragement in little ways um, almost daily. And not knowing if Shane would come back um, was difficult, but I just found a peace um, in trusting in God. And so the um, verse I, I really um, cherished a lot during this time was, I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. And that's Psalm 57 too. So for me, during that time when I was rejecting offers of water and all of that. Everything for me, apart from Melissa, it was really my great plan that I had laid was falling apart. Uh, my reputation at work, I was hurting it through just uh, through my uh, behavior, and uh, I was pretty erratic and kind of a loose cannon, and it was affecting my job performance and 
um, you know, uh, I thought it was going to be great. I was still just lonely and isolated. Um, and then uh, I remember one night I was just laying in my bed in this little apartment and um, uh, I was just miserable. And, and God uh, brought to mind the parable of the prodigal, the prodigal son, uh, you know, who uh, took his inheritance. He said, Dad, I want my inheritance. I'm out of here. He left. Uh, blew it all on wild living, and then, you know, the best job he could get was feeding pigs, and so he's so hungry and, and miserable that he's looking at the pig's food and thinking, well, that would be good just to eat some pig's food. I'm so hungry. And I think I just, you know, I wish I could just go back home. And um, and God just, I think, opened my eyes to really make me realize that I really was like the prodigal son, that I had wandered away from him uh, and was it was just living among the pigs, you know, in the pigsty. And um, at the same time, you know, he was softening my heart towards Alyssa. uh, And I really uh, was missing her. And the kindness that she had shown, uh, I think, uh, played a huge part in me feeling like I could uh, kind of come back to her. And and I just called her one night. And uh, I think I just asked her, hey, can I just come over and watch a movie or something? And and that really was the first step in the process of coming back home and beginning the process of reconciliation. So Shane um, slowly made his way back. At first, we kind of, um, I would say, dated and um, and kind of hung out and indefinitely. And so slowly, he he ended up um, coming back home. Um, but it wasn't all fixed, and I. I didn't have expectations he had to meet before he came home. I just kind of took him as he was. And um, so we it wasn't all better just because he was back. Our communication was still lacking. Um, Shane had not completely cut off some of the friendships he had with the women at work. And um, he was not going to church with me. I was attending Watermark um, still. And so he still wasn't interested in going to church. And so all of that kind of caused a lot of anxiety for me that he would decide to leave again. Um, And I just clung to Psalm 112, verse 7, that um, he will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. And so I just continued to trust in the Lord and continued to do what I needed to do to be a wife and a friend um, to Shane. And so slowly and steadily, um, we did um, have growth in our marriage and things started to get better. The first thing was just, as Shane mentioned, God changing our hearts and softening our hearts towards each other. Um, a big factor um, in our marriage, too, was joining a community group here at Watermark. Um, I thought when he kind of came back home, I remember asking Mandy, like, we need the name of a good counselor because we need, like, some heavy-duty counseling to make sure we don't go through something like this again. And she said, well, I think you need to join a community group. And I was like, really? Like, that doesn't sound, but looking back now, that was the best thing we could have done because it was other couples that encouraged us. And um, in our marriage, they knew we were hurting and they just, just lovingly reached out to us and drew us in. And, and then a big part of our um, change and our growth was having our oldest son, Turner, um, who was kind of a surprise. And just having that, um, I guess, shared um, project, I guess. I don't want to call it a project, but that kind of that, that shared like, okay, we're parents now, that responsibility of like, we want to raise him to know the Lord. And so that kind of united us and, and made us a family. And then um, John reaching out to us and asking us to help lead and re-engage when they started re-engage was huge. And so we've been doing that for years now. And it's really um, amazing what just that has done for our marriage. 
And so that was, you know, 10 years ago. Um, and in that time, God has continued to work in my heart and, and, and draw me into closer relationship with him. And that uh, getting involved in that first community group was the first step uh, in, in uh, God really beginning to refine me. And, uh, uh, and I think it took a while for me to realize how far that I had drifted from God. Um, but Ephesians 5.25 um, is probably familiar to some of you guys. Uh, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And, uh, and this verse has really become a, a representative of a f- the focus of my relationship with Alyssa. Um, you know, my most important relationship uh, is with God, and the second most important relationship is with Alyssa. Uh, and so we've really begun to and learn to value each other again. Uh, and um, I've learned to communicate with Alyssa. My tendency was always to withdraw and stuff things down, and I've learned, and, and then the spinoff from that would create uh, conflict and craziness that, you know, Alyssa didn't want to be around back back in the, you know, earlier days, and uh, I've learned to uh, recognize those tendencies and, and deal with them in a healthy way, and uh, we spent time together, um, and, you know, oneness is, is a focus that we have, so if that means that I just sit in the kitchen while, you know, if she's preparing something for the next day or if we're putting away dishes or whatever rather than you know going up to my to the computer uh by myself i'll just sit there with her and just talk uh in the evening after the kids are in bed um one of the most important things i did was i cut off the relationships uh with uh some of those friends from work and uh really began to understand how important it is husbands to guard your heart and make sure that your heart belongs only to your spouse and don't let anybody else get a foot in the door. Um, and then we also begin to serve, as Alyssa said, and re-engage. And, and that's become uh, just a tremendous blessing to us uh, to be able to serve together uh, and just sharing our story and, and helping other couples. So these days I feel less of a need to control and um, I have more understanding and, um, and I'm more supportive of Shane's struggles that he occasionally still has with depression and anxiety and I'm more sensitive to his needs. Um, I'm also uh, walking faithfully with God, which was my prayer when I got baptized and um, I think because I've stayed connected to the body of Christ, that has, has come to pass that I have been faithful in my walk with the Lord. And, um, and it's just been really neat to see Shane really become a leader in our family. And just the transforming power of God has been amazing um, as Shane pursues God and he pursues me and he shows our boys and, and now our girl, you know, what a husband should look like. And, um, and I never would have thought, there was a time when I thought when he was so angry, I thought, I am never having kids with this guy because this is crazy. And I know I don't want kids to be around this. And so now to go from that to having four kids, and he's just the best husband and dad that I could have asked for. And so, um, you know, I had a friend recently who was going through a separation with her husband who, who kind of was jokingly saying to me, well, I want the fairy tale ending that you guys have. That's, that's how I want this to end, is the fairy tale ending. And, it, and, um, and I guess it can look that way, but, you know, we've had our share of struggles. We've, had, um, we've lost three babies to miscarriage. We've gone through a time of unemployment for Shane. I mean, we've had struggles in the, in the time since, but um, we've just seen that 
you know, God is good and we can trust him. And he's been so faithful just to um, draw us together during those struggles and draw us closer to him. So even recently, you know, over the Christmas break, um, you know, I got into, I kind of got into a pattern, an old pattern of uh, focusing on myself and being selfish and and kind of made Alyssa miserable for a couple of days. But we were able to uh, sit down and talk about it and, and, and communicate in a healthy way. And, and it's just a, uh, an example of, of how we, uh, we deal with things differently now. And, um, you know, the, the main thing, um, you know, for me is just remembering that marriage problems are spiritual problems. You hear it, you know, Todd says it, you hear it all the time, and it's true. The problems that, uh, that I brought to our marriage were problems that, that grew out of uh, not following Christ faithfully. Um, and um, the most important relationship that, that you uh, need to have in your life is a relationship with Christ. Um, and so um, we want to offer you hope that if it seems hopeless right now, that um, God can change any situation he can change your heart. He can transform your life. Uh, and he's just waiting for you to, to let him come in and transform you. Um, Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the appointed time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. And so I just want to encourage you with that. If you feel like uh, you keep trying and, and your spouse uh, you just keeps running away, um, just keep being faithful and doing good, trusting God, seeking him, and be faithful to him, and, and to love your uh, spouse in the way Christ loves us. We ran away from God, and he pursued us. So if your spouse is running away from you, then I encourage you to pursue them in love, and love them is in, it's imper- imperfect love that we have, but I encourage you to try to love them the way Christ loves us. Um, and so, abide in Christ. Get community around you of some sort, people that can speak into your life, that can tell you about your blind spots, things that you don't see, and then um, just remember that there is always hope in Christ. So, thank you for listening. <laughs>